Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, part of the Ohio University Sports Administration series uh, with Laura Waters-Brown as our special co-host. Uh, we've got two special guests today. Really excited to talk to them about the international landscape, the process of uh, not only working in the, in the States um, from an international perspective, but then vice versa. And we'll touch on uh, some of the international landscape as sports is truly a global global industry. Uh, Laura, why don't you kick it off? Um, you know, in terms of just the process um, of you know going from the OU Sports App program into the industry, some of the struggles, challenges, uh, et cetera. Yeah, so let's first start with the first struggle uh, at OU with international students. Name pronunciation, Kareem. <laughs> Please pronounce your name for all of America. Uh, if you want to say it in Arabic, it's Fathi. If uh, we want to say it the American way, it's uh, Fatih. 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 Cursed. Even you had some uh, naming challenges. And you came from Canada. Yeah, so although I feel like my name pronunciation has nothing to do with the fact that I'm Canadian. <laughs> it's just like a common, it's Kirsten, not Kristen or Kirsten. And my last name is pronounced Gros, not Grolls, not Gross, not Gross. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why it's so difficult sometimes, but evidently. It's okay. See, that's why we leave it. That's why we leave it to the guests to introduce themselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you both for for coming on. First of all, first. Um, and foremost, Kareem, uh, KG, both of you, I know fairly well, very well. KG, we were roommates, classmates, mm -hmm. lifelong mm -hmm. pals, chums, Besties. all that, besties mm -hmm. in the world. Now, Kareem, you and I have a really unique um, relationship in that I actually recruited you to come to OU. You um, so the focus of today is really the international experience, and then Jake will get into the more business-specific questions. But could each of you just kind of first run through what that looked like for you as an international student? So from the first time you've heard about OU to um, your application process until you actually step foot in Athens. KG, we'll start with you. Sure, uh, for me, you know, where I grew up in Canada is probably seven hours from Athens, Ohio. So although the United States is a different country, in my head at the time, it didn't feel like I was making that big of a jump. And at the time, when I was volunteering with the, the football team in undergrad, I really didn't even know you could master in sport administration and get an MBA at the same time. It seemed that was probably the most foreign thing to me because in Canada, you can't really do that. It might have changed since then, but to my knowledge, it really hasn't. And it just seems so alluring, you know, I, I hadn't spent a whole ton of time in the States prior to that. And all I, this idea in my head I had of America was like straight out of like 17 magazine, you know, and it all seemed very like fairy tale ish and just um, like a dream come true. And it, and it truly was and still is. Um, but obviously when you go through the application process, there are some conversions that happen that you don't necessarily expect, like whether it's the grading scale in Canada and how that will translate to how you're gonna submit, what the program will need to evaluate you. Um, you know, the GMAT, it's all standard. It's the same in Canada, you take the same test, but 
there's like a few things that would come up here and there. Um, and then the most special part was the orientation as an international student. I remember sitting through a presentation on what Walmart was and how traffic stoplights work. I'm like, well, we have those in Canada. So thank you for the refresher. <laughs> but yeah, it, there was a transition. I will say that. I remember we had conversations on the difference between cheese. Yes. Wow. Like the FDA. That, that's a big <laughs> one for me. <laughs> <laughs> way was, different that was way different thing. in Canada yeah the cheese in the states tastes way different than the cheese in Canada that was that was pretty major for me way to transition Kareem yeah. what about you what was your beginning middle and all the way through your first uh, steps on on campus like when I was in uh, middle school end of middle school I was always intrigued by like the sports uh, management or sports business side of things Obviously, a sports fan is probably like all of us before getting into this. So back back when I was in Egypt, um, that wasn't really a thing. There wasn't really a career or something that you can pursue as a profession. So just uh, try to get my hands-on experience as much as possible through volunteering, through internships. And uh, that was during like middle school, high school, uh, before going into college. Um, I actually started as engineering for, for two years. Uh, thanks to my parents. I hated it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I really wanted to do something around sports uh, uh, business. So continued and changed my major from engineering to uh, general business marketing. Uh, but still, that didn't leave me like specialized. So I started to do more research in terms of like what's really out there and what can really uh, help me break into the sports industry on, on a global level. So uh, came across a lot of different uh, programs in the U.S. Obviously, Ohio University stood out as one of the, the top programs in, uh, in sports uh, management. Uh, back at that time, uh, uh, the national uh, head coach of uh, the Egyptian national team was Bob Bradley, who was actually an alum of OU, I think, in the 1980s. So through a connection, managed to get like a five-minute chat with him, and uh, he spoke highly about the program. Obviously, he went into coaching uh, 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 field, not really like in the, the sports or like the front office. Uh, so yeah, just did more research, started applying for programs, uh, applied to Ohio. I was always like destined to like go to the U.S. for uh, for graduate school. Like that's what I wanted to do, not necessarily Europe because the industry here is very mature and there's a lot to learn uh, from it. Watched uh, multiple movies, Moneyball, Jerry Maguire, read a couple of books like the but they don't teach you a Harvard Business School, Mark McCormick. So it seemed that like that was something that I wanted to do. And uh, the transition was definitely an interesting one, uh, just adapting to the lifestyle and uh, the college uh, uh, life in the US, especially Athens, Ohio, coming from Cairo, Egypt was uh, uh, <laughs> a population of 20, 25 million to Athens, Ohio, 40,000 was definitely interesting but um, I actually enjoyed it it was it was very eye-opening and uh, built a lot of friendships connections and uh, learned a lot during my time in, uh, in Athens for sure. That's awesome what is one thing I guess in the application process um, and, and why we're really talking about this topic is, is we asked some of the current students what topics they wanted to hear from us so we didn't have to come up with everything because you know, what do we know? Um, and one of the things that they brought up was just talking about the challenges of 
being an international student um, at OU, things that you wish you would have known uh, before coming to OU, whether it was the application process while you were on campus, what are one or two things that you wish you would have known before? Mm. Uh, I've got two. Laura, you'll be very familiar with one of these. <laughs> oh, no. Don't bring <laughs> from your native country to the local branch of whatever bank you are using in Athens, Ohio, <laughs> and expect that they're going to know how to convert that money and not get in trouble by the IRS because, <laughs> and Laura, I believe this is how I met your mother and how we tried to get your mother involved. Oh, yeah. But as an international student, if you need uh, financial help, you aren't gonna qualify for American student loans. So you will have to get student loans in the country of your origin. For me, that's what's called OSAP in Canada. And I was trying to pay what was left of, I think, my tuition or fees. And so I was trying to convert that money from Canadian dollars to US dollars, thinking that I could just bring a check to the branch and they would know how to do it. They did not. And the IRS put a hold on my tuition money for at least 30 days, which almost made me delinquent in, in payment. Uh, but that is definitely something that I wish I would have known. Um, so for those of you that are thinking about applying that are not American, make sure you've got a plan. I mean, it's a lot easier now than it was at the time to convert money. You can do it all online. It's a lot different, but like at the time I thought I was doing the right thing, but don't assume that they are going to know what they are doing. Do your research on your own. Checks. Those are those paper things, right? Yeah. That who uses those anymore? But even still, even still, um, like I didn't know I could, I could, or that I wouldn't qualify for mm -hmm. um, student loans in the state. So you don't think about like, oh shoot, like I've got to con convert currency and the Canadian dollar is worth less than the American dollars. So when you're applying for these loans, make sure you're applying for the proper amounts too. Oh yeah, that's big. Kareem, yeah. what about you? I don't know where to start, but yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of first, first of like, when, when we first started the program and like obviously had to apply for, for housing and uh, we all like stayed at the summit. Uh, uh, <laughs> we just like obviously needed, it's, it's the same like when, when you're applying for, for a job and you don't have any experience and they say you need, like you're applying for an internship and you don't have any experience and they say you have to have experience, but this is my internship, I don't have experience, I need that internship to get experience. So it's the same like trying to have like some sort of like paperwork uh, uh, to just really kickstart like your life in the US. Like when you're starting for housing, you need to like have like a social security, they need to run a credit check, but I don't have any credits, mm. I don't have anything mm -hmm. for a bank account. Same when you're getting a car, saying you're applying for actually setting up a bank account. It's, uh, it's uh, all different. You can't have a credit line, you can't have a credit card until like you start building it up. You cannot, um, have anything at all before applying for your social security here and to get your social security you need to have uh, a job and we didn't like when I started the program we didn't have our, our first year uh, graduate assistantships up until fall so from my time we started back in 
end of May, early June, up until the start of the fall semester. I didn't have any social security, so I couldn't actually apply for any of those stuff. So I just had to like, kind of like chill <laughs> during the summer without anything and uh, kind of manage my way until like I was eligible to, uh, to do it. Um, but what I realized is once you have that kind of stuff, everything is easy, but it's just reaching to that uh, stage. That's the, the challenging part. Yeah, what? it's almost like, I think, you know, from this, Jake, it's like, you know, for OU, maybe they have it, but now, but maybe there's some type of introductory OU packet, like these are the things you need to have. And it's almost making sure that current students as they're going through the program, like you said, Kareem, have that paper trail of experience and of opportunities while they're at OU so that we set them up for uh, success when they leave, um, which leads me to my next question. Um, and then Jake, you can get to the, the sports side of things, whatever. Um, cursed, mm -hmm. you left OU, you had a unique experience uh, trying to get a job here in the States. What are some things students, international students should expect upon graduation when everybody's like, I need to get a job? Yeah. Um, so this, this could be twofold. I, I'm assuming we don't necessarily need to go into the Starbucks gift card route. So you don't necessarily need to buy your way. Is the Starbucks Yes. Hashtag influencer Starbucks call KG. But so am I talking about that or not? Sorry. No, no Starbucks. We're talking okay. about we'll yeah. talk about the visa issue. Yes. yes. Lovely. Okay. There's been many. So buckle up. Um <laughs> when I was offered my first job with the Jaguars, you know, we thought it would be pretty turnkey because you'd think a entity like the NFL would just be able to get a visa no problem and you're not really thinking too much about what you need to get a visa in this country and mind you at the time we were under a different administration so it was even easier then but when in an entry-level role like the reality is when you're leaving OU you're not going to necessarily jump into a manager or director role like we all expect that when we're leaving that program we're all going to be making $30,000. And so that's great. But when you're going to apply for a visa, you know what the administration's not going to approve? A visa where the applicant is making $30,000. Mm. So I was denied a visa initially with the Jaguars and they actually revoked the job offer, which is something that not a lot of people know. And it was devastating at the time. <clears throat> But I was determined to try and find a workaround. So that's where other Ohio alum came in, one in particular, Andrew Agro, who works for the Jets and is also Canadian. And I remember crying my eyes out, calling him, thinking, you know, what can we do? How can I save my job? Like, this is my dream job. Please don't let them take this away from me. And I kid you not, and it still gives me goosebumps to this day. He happened to know the president of the Jaguars at the time, Mark Lamping. Actually, I think he still is the president of the Jaguars. And he knew him from his previous time at the Jets. And he actually sent a personalized email to Mark Lamping saying like, this girl wants this job more than anything. Please help her find a workaround. And Andrew actually even had a suggestion for the Jaguars on a student visa extension, which I had no idea about at the time. It's like a 
I don't remember the technical term of it at the moment. Oh, OPT. Yeah, your OPT. Yes. And we plugged that. It worked. They decided to let me keep the job there. And I worked off that OPT visa extension for a year until we could apply for the H-1B. But even then, to be eligible for that H-1B, we definitely had to, and I'm, I'm saying this because this is amongst the, the trusted Ohio network, but you, you definitely have to position your paperwork a certain way to get it passed by the administration. If you, if you were just sending in your resume regular, for lack of a better term, it's not gonna be enough. Um, and so luckily our general counsel and she's now vice president there of legal affairs and HR, um, Mega Parekh, she herself came from an immigrant family. And I think that touched on a personal cord for her to push it even further to get that, that visa pushed through. And she had a definite appreciation for the difficulties that you can go through when you're trying to stay in this country legally and I'm forever indebted to her and Andrew Agro for everything that they did for me. But that's not even the end of the visa issues. I could go on. There was another visa issue I ran into when I got my job in LA. It could go on forever, but I'd love to, to share the mic here. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, especially for you, Kirsten, we had conversations and we were talking through the troubles that you were having. In my mind, I'm like, it's Canada, like I don't even, mm -hmm. like literally it's, we can see it from Cleveland. You can catch a mm -hmm. boat and get on over and hit there, right? And yeah. then you're having all these difficulties, but again, at the same time, these are things that we need to make sure we're equipping students with, with understanding because these are real life um, things or effects, right? Like you, you have all this money that is required of you to, you know, come you know, Kareem specifically, like in your, in your case, overseas to go to school and it's an investment. Like we need to make sure we have a plan um, for our international students and we, and we might, but if not, I definitely think that's an opportunity for the program to grow. And as we look to attract more students and as we look to diversify our students by going after truly the best in the world, we need to be prepared to face these things uh, when our students leave. Kareem, what about, what about you? What was it like for you? You didn't, did you stay in the States after graduation or did you? No, no. Once I, once I graduated, uh, I had the OPT actually applied for it and got it. Uh, but I moved to Paris uh, to join the same company that I'm working for right now uh, in the Paris office. So I went through that process, uh, but just mimicking what um, Kirsten was talking about is, it's, it's difficult, especially like you don't know a lot of the paperwork that needs to be done early on while you're a student. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities that uh, sometimes you as an international student aren't eligible for or you can't get because you don't have the required paperwork, uh, like a lot of volunteering, anything that requires like paid volunteering or paid work you cannot do. And I actually fell in that trap and I didn't know about it. Uh, we had like some, some, I think it was with the US the Development Academy, some showcase that we had an opportunity to go and work, a couple of us from our class. Uh, we ended up doing that and uh, ended up going, working, had a great time, got paid. Didn't know that I shouldn't have got paid for it and uh, kind wow. of came clean. 
and then I had to kind of reinstate my my paperwork and I had to depart and come back again to not reapply but there was some some legal stuff so there's a lot of stuff that you don't know about unless you really like have to go through it or you really do your due diligence so as a student and as like a newcomer to a new content and new environment there's a lot going on so you don't really know all the intricacy and like all the small details that you have to like really uh know beforehand uh but it's again it's a lot of it's a lot of paperwork and it's uh, just really keeping tabs on what's going on it's always helpful whenever you have like whether it's a legal counsel in a company or a, a school that you're working uh, or studying in uh, they can guide you through that process because if you're if you're by yourself sometimes it's it's challenging to really find out what's the right path or the right thing to do oh my gosh yeah Kareem, to that point, you know, you mentioned being by yourself and, and Kirsten, obviously you had Andrew to help you through that process, but did either of you seek out, you know, with OU Network being so vast and there are people who work internationally and so on or, or have and, and maybe aren't now, but did you seek out mentors one way or another, you know, some in the U.S. and some not in the U.S. to try and better understand these processes? No. <laughs> Probably should have. We were too busy eating pizza with Curse to do that. We were not. Yeah. I guess. I guess your advice would then to be seek or to seek out some of those, right? Yes, but also, um, you know, have do your get a lawyer. Do not try and do most of this stuff on your own. The OPT, sure, that's you know pretty turnkey in a sense, but. When you are exploring what visa you think you are most qualified for, you know, and what you need to do, I would strongly suggest not going about it on your own unless you are somehow a lawyer yourself, which I know sometimes students are, which is great. But, you know, my family history with getting kicked out of countries actually extends beyond my own personal stories. My sister works in London, England, and she tried to go about getting her visa renewed over there by herself. She thought she had her I's dotted T's crossed. She did not. And she actually left England to go to Croatia for a birthday trip. She tried to get back into London and they would not let her in. And she actually got kicked out of the country for a year, which would also happen here in the States. If, you're, if your visa paperwork is incorrect, or if you have entered into the United States in the wrong status and you overstay your welcome, which for Canadians is six months, and you leave and you try and get back in, you are also then kicked out for a year. So there's like serious repercussions to not having your paperwork lined up. So I would not advise doing any of it without a lawyer. Kareem, anything to add to that? No, I just just add like it's it's really difficult for internationals to to get a job here, and like people don't realize that. So you can only imagine just like Americans once you're graduating from school, how difficult it is to get a job because it's very competitive, especially in the sports industry, where it's like very small. But adding to that, that you're international, like as, as Kirsten said, like most companies dealing with all that paperwork hassle is something that they don't want to like just do because it's just uh, a lot of work and sometimes a lot of investment they have to have to um, sacrifice mm -hmm. so the thing is like you have to be like exceptionally different and you've got to have like some special knowledge as they call it in the paperwork that 
rational or rationalize why they should hire you or like why they should sponsor your your visa. So it's it's really difficult. It's not easy. That's why like whoever really manages to get something is is like they've done a good job to really reach that level. So kudos to everyone who's international managed to get a job here. But it's it's not as easy as it sounds. It's it's difficult. But just going back to your point, I I haven't like really saw anyone because I. I think back then there wasn't much international students, but what's been great is like over the past four or five years or so, at least every year I get a call from or email from one or two international students from the program just asking me about the process and about how can they prepare for life after graduation. So obviously from the experience that I've had with the program and like all the all the encounters, it's, it's been helpful just like applying that knowledge to uh, them and them sharing it potentially to other students so they're also aware of, uh, of what to do once they graduate. Yeah, and a follow-up to that, I mean, Kareem, you obviously went to Paris and, and went to work internationally, but then, you know, Kirsten, as you had this one year, like, ticking time clock, right, of 365 <laughs> days, like, how do you approach a job a little bit differently than maybe someone else would, knowing that they might stay there for two, three, four, five years and go about life a little bit differently? I think, you know, you're like you guys always say, you're running on that treadmill after grad school anyways, that hamster wheel, and you're just trying to prove your worth. Um, but it always looks good when you've done the research on your own and you have the plan and you're guiding that organization through the plan. Because oftentimes if, if for example, here at the Falcons, it's split up differently than it was at the Jaguars where we have general counsel, but they work in a totally different location and they actually outsource a lot more of that immigration paperwork. Whereas in Jacksonville, our legal counsel there was a lot more involved. And so they're, if, if they're not working on it personally, they're either just relying on that firm to do it or they need your guidance to be like, these are the, the steps that we need to take to get it done. But the most important thing is you've got to have that buy-in because like Kareem was saying, it's like you have to show why you are more qualified or a better candidate than an American for this job. And I've even experienced that type of discrimination from HR as well, where they've come to me and said, it would have been a lot easier just to hire an American citizen for this job. And so imagine like hearing that firsthand from somebody, you're like, all right, then I guess I'm going to put everything together possible to show you how badly I want this so that if you don't get that visa somehow, or they decide not to go ahead with it, you can look back and at least say, okay, well, I've, I've done everything I possibly can for them to show them how bad I want to be here. Kareem, as you think about your, you know, you embarked on your journey back over uh, internationally and you're there for two years and what was the process then coming back to the States? I know you were with the same company, so maybe a little bit easier, but um, what was that process like? It was, it was interesting. Um, it was interesting. Uh, there's a lot of also paperwork. It's different kind of paperwork. So it's like a called a transfer visa. Uh, so there's a lot of paperwork that goes against that. Uh, but it's, relatively easier because like once you're within the company and the, the company is transferring you to a different office more or less they're kind of leading the process uh uh from from a to z 
uh, and there's whether it's in-house the legal team or there's a, a, a law firm that's uh, doing it. So it's kind of different than graduating from school as a solo uh, person trying to navigate all of that. But it's, it was interesting to just see how, how different each country is, like how different France is compared to uh, the US. France was relatively easier to just move from actually like Athens to Paris. It wasn't that difficult of a process and the paperwork was smoother. Uh, it actually took more time to move from Paris back to uh, uh, New York. So through all of that, you kind of are humbled and you kind of get to see how each each country has their own like bureaucratic uh, procedures and different paperwork that's required and different elements that you need to provide. And obviously, each 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 country has their own set of gu guidelines. And as, as Kirsten said, like, it's not as a matter of like just submitting your resume and filling out a form and like uh, check marks. It's, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of paper from the individual, from the company or from, uh, you have to prove a lot of things around like, where is the sports industry going to be in like 10 years from now? And that's why I need to hire this kind of person because that profile is going to be needed. Like it's, it's difficult. So it's, uh, it requires a lot of, a lot of work to put together uh, a solid like um, uh, uh, case submission. Uh, they have to then go through and then potentially approve or, or deny. I've been denied multiple times across different stuff. So it happens and you just have to recover from it and uh, uh, stay on track. And that's also the advice I give to like any of the, of the students whenever they ask, okay, like for that OPT, once I get a job in the US and I only have a year, and once that year is over, the company or team or league, whatever, they don't want to uh, sponsor me for an H1B, just really my advice is make the most out of that year. You have a year to work in the US coming from a different environment, just really immerse yourself, network as much as possible, get as much as hands-on experience. Best case scenario, they're gonna sponsor you or you're gonna find somewhere else to go in the US. Worst case scenario, you have a huge amount of experience that you gained in the US that you can easily go back home and apply and implement. So it's, for me, it's a win-win. Obviously sometimes not the ideal scenario, but it's, it's a win-win. Yeah, you mentioned that and that's an interesting one where you know, the perspectives from abroad obviously help everyone in the States and the perspectives in the States help everyone abroad. You know, Kirsten, obviously the Jags were going over and playing in London a little bit, right? So there's some of that aspect of things, um, you know, as we get to towards the end of this episode and I'll kick it back over to Laura, but just, you know, how do you, as, as you're learning about the global perspectives, right? Kareem, obviously spending time in France, like what are some of the different things that you noticed or picked up about the business uh, as a whole uh, that maybe you wouldn't have understood otherwise without those experiences. I think, I think as we go and like advance in in business in general, the world is becoming more global, where the barriers are becoming less and less. Obviously, putting politicians aside and the building walls and all that uh, shit. Uh, but uh, apart from that, just really like what we're talking about, like the Jaguars going to play in London and the NBA going to Paris and the Olympics and the, uh, potentially the Champions League having a game in the US. So more or less you're seeing sports in general becoming really transcendent and really global. And once that happens and it's happening right now, and once that continues to happen, the more the opportunities and the less the barrier is gonna be to hire people from different countries and different uh, backgrounds uh, in the US and same applies for like US. I get a lot of sometimes like, again, calls from students that are American that uh, just wanna also go and work in Europe and they wanna like learn about how, how the life is in France and the UK and in Germany and just 
see if that's something interesting because it's not just Europeans or like Asians, Africans going to the U.S., but it's also like Americans wanting to go abroad. So it's it's going to become the norm. And uh, I think having that like right now, the pandemic and everything, everything becoming more virtual and more uh, digital, the more and more you're going to see more companies uh, or properties becoming more lenient in terms of we can hire anyone no matter where they work from as long as they're connected, as long as they get the job done, it's not going to be a problem. Person, anything to, anything to add on that? I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, Kareem, you mentioned, and as Kirsten said earlier, get a lawyer, right? Like we're, we're not trying to provide advice here. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, you, you know, you mentioned going from the States as an American, you know, abroad somewhere to get experience, even if it's just across the board, you know, in, in Canada, getting that experience and then being able to bring it back it's such a unique thing you talked about earlier, how to separate yourself, right? Whether you're, you know, international going to America or America going to international, that is something that can separate yourself and from an experience perspective and just a, a, a global view perspective as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I don't wanna repeat or, you know, double dip into what Kareem had said it by any means, but I think from, like a personal perspective, I value so much meeting people from different cultures or different countries, even different parts of the United States. You know, I think people from all different viewpoints have so much to offer. And I think that's one of the really unique parts of being in sport. And if anything, I think me being Canadian and then also being female in football alone can provide a perspective that not necessarily everyone's thinking about just because it, we've been so used to it being one way. And I think what's really special is as the world and the states continues to become a melting pot and more people from different backgrounds continue to get jobs in industries, especially like football, it's going to continue to evolve for the better. And that's, you know, what sometimes keeps me pedaling forward is just knowing that we're working towards something it's still a work in progress, do not get me wrong, but we're working towards something really beautiful in my opinion. And just to echo like what KG was saying, I think you hit on a gem there. You didn't even know it, but you did. Um, you know, coming into OU, whether you're international, whether you are from the States, whether you grew up here, whether you grew up, you know, somewhere else, is coming in with an open mindset. and being active and intentional and seeking out other opportunities, other cultures, other um, uh, people with different, differing opinions, um, using that time to really stretch. So if you came in knowing I wanna be in sponsorship, like volunteer for a race for a reason or volunteer for another, you know, uh, in the athletic department doing marketing um be open um you know i think one of the best times of person's life was attending south carolina state homecoming with me. truly truly See? was truly, yes truly, you know uh and they still they still love in this heart uh but you know i think it, you know they ask about you every year um but it's it's being open um and it's it's being um transparent on what you don't know uh but i think that's what one of the benefits of the ou plan is right the family is is it's so many people with so many different opinions and you know ways to solve solutions so i i think everything that you guys have said today is extremely beneficial um rapid fire rapid fire, rapid fire!
sure. We should get we should get the sound for like that that game. Right. Oh. This is my stressed out face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are first. You hear me fine. You're me fine. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Wait. I, I need the I need the rules. Like rules? when you say rapid fire, who answers first? How much time do yeah. you get? Okay. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come to. I'm gonna start with Kareem. Okay. So you can hear it. You're welcome. Wonderful. I'm okay. gonna give you two choices. You have to pick one. Okay. Or I might just ask Oh, okay, that's nice. Great. Yes, right. I give you options. Thank you. But I might come with an open-ended question too. You never know what's gonna come out of my head. So we'll start with you, Kareem. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. First? Chocolate. Mm, okay. Um, the second one, football. Football, pigskin football, to be clear, specific, NFL, football, or basketball, Kareem? Basketball. Football. Mm, yeah, okay. Here's a really good one, and I will judge both of you. The WNBA or the NBA, Kareem? WNBA. First? NBA. I know you're judging me. I am. But you know okay. me. I am. I do. Okay. okay. Um, let's see. The name of this podcast is Life After Court Street. Mm. So let's dig back oh, into Court yeah. Street. You, you like how what they have and yes. how they have in there? Yeah, I do like that. Bronies or paupers? Green. Neither. <laughs> ah, you forgot pigskin. Come on, like what? It was either or. It's an either or. You can't throw either or in then. Cursed. Bronies or paupers? Poppers all day because we never made it to bronies. Not bronies, not bronies. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, so we'll start on the on the on the location, right? So it's the summit, and then you mm. got to get to poppers, and then bronies mm. is at the very end if you can make it there. Poppers was like the pregame with Roy, where you just never really made it to the postgame, which was bronies, <laughs> right? Our class, our class had beef with our bronies. I think two weeks in the program, like we got kicked out. I don't know why. Uh, so we never actually like really went there during our two years, maybe like once or twice. So it wasn't really our spot at all. That's amazing. We're not going to go into those details because no. I'm sure they only kicked you out because somebody was wearing a t-shirt and they required sweatshirts. That's what that exactly. was. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Last and final. Okay. Fire round. Are you ready? Mm. Laura or Jake? Wow, that's like, I, we already know the answer. That's you. I just, I just want to put it on record. <laughs> uh, Laura, you recruited me, so I owe you a lot. Hmm. KG? Respectfully, Jake. Laura. It's all good. Oh. All good. <laughs> We're done. Hey, so with that, with that, I think we wrap up the episode. And that is why Laura Waters Brown is our special co-host of this series. Uh, she brings so much to the table. Uh, really excited to have both Kirsten and, and Kareem on the podcast today. Appreciate your thoughts, perspectives, insights. And I'll just mention, as as Kirsten said before, uh, if you need some help with that paperwork, get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Uh, get a lawyer. Like, look, Jake, at the, at the bottom of this is the intro. We need to read that script. Like something to the effect of. Yeah, exactly. Please understand that all, all opinions in the <laughs> podcast are the opinions of ours. If you need actual help, please pay somebody who knows this stuff. Not right. <laughs> yes, very much so. Thank you both for your time. Appreciate it and go.